So the scripture passage for today comes from Mark, which is the main gospel that we will be in this year from our revised common lectionary. Today we start at the first chapter, beginning at verse 4. Hear now the word of God. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean region and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sin. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Descend upon us, Holy Spirit, that we might be filled with grace and love and understanding of the word just read, the word to come, and the word made flesh in Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. You can hear me slurping. Sorry about that. <clears throat> Sarah Joe, a pastor in Chicago, tells a poignant story of a 10-year-old boy named Cameron who walked into the office and said that he needed to talk to her. Fresh from soccer practice, he came right out and said, I'd like to be baptized. She asked him why he was interested, and he told her that they were learning about Jesus being baptized up in Sunday school. When the teacher had asked the class who had, been who had been baptized, all the other kids raised their hands. So with kindness, the pastor said, Cameron, do you want to be baptized just because everyone else is? His freckles winked up at her, and he replied, no. No, I want to be baptized because it means I belong to God. She was moved by his understanding and said, well, that's great. How about doing it this Sunday? And his smile immediately turned to concern. And he said, do I have to be baptized in front of all those people in church? Can't I just have a friend baptize me out in the river? And she asked him, you know, where he had come up with that kind of idea, because we always baptize in a font in the church. And he replied, well, Jesus was baptized in a river by a friend, wasn't he? And yes, he conceded. He had a good point. But if a friend baptized you in the river, Cameron, how would the church recognize it? Realizing that this was a teachable moment for the pastor, as she reached for her Presbyterian book of order, he responded, I guess the church would notice by my new way of living. And there it is. 
how our behavior after baptism can be our yes back to God, our acquiescence to the Spirit doing a new thing in and through us. At times, I realize that our response sounds more like a broken hallelujah than a victory march. But at Jesus' baptism and at every baptism we witness in this church, we are all invited to remember our very own baptism and what it means for us and for the world. To understand our own baptism, it helps to look at Jesus' baptism, which is celebrated in January every year. John the baptizer is offering a baptism of repentance in an effort to prepare the way for the one who will come and baptize with the Holy Spirit. Well, we all know that Jesus is both human and divine without sin, with no need to repent. So isn't it interesting how creative God can be when revealing God's self? In full solidarity with humankind, Jesus humbles himself to John's baptism, and then the full glory of God is revealed. This isn't just a one-man show of Jesus, God's son on earth. This is the Trinity working together to redeem all of creation. Jesus, the Son, yes, physically being baptized, the Holy Spirit descending upon him, and the voice of God naming and claiming him. This is a powerful witness to the identity of Jesus as part of the Trinity. And, by the way... The heavens are torn apart only one other time, and that is at the end of his earthly ministry as a human. It is at the death of Jesus on the cross. Now, there are several wonderful translations of God's gushing in verse 11. In the NRSV, which we typically use in worship, we just read, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. In the Message Bible, it says, you are my son, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life. In the New English translation, it says, you are my one dear son, in you I take great delight. Aren't those wonderful? God delights in loving him. Over and over in scripture, we learn that we're in the splash zone of Jesus' baptism because these are God's feelings towards us as well. So like Jesus, we need to allow that identity of who we are and to whom we belong wash all over us and cling to us because the journey through life can be hard. It seems as though Jesus is not even dried off and he is thrust into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan for 40 days. How many times do you think Jesus relived his baptismal experience during his time in the wilderness and then on his long, difficult journey towards Jerusalem and the cross? You know, around here we talk about a sticky faith so that our kids that it was, when they graduate and leave, their faith will stick to them, that they won't leave it behind. 
But I think we adults need this affirmation of baptism stuck to us, like gorilla glue, or like that glue they use to stick wallpaper to an unprepared wall. You know what I'm talking about. You cannot get that stuff off. Listen carefully and try to take in the promise of baptism through the Holy Spirit as God says to you, you are loved, you belong, you are delightful, you are never alone. Think of the last dark valley you trudged through when you needed to be reminded of these baptismal promises. I know we do a lot of memorial services here, which means we are often saying goodbye to our loved ones. We have lost jobs, the colleges of our choice, our marriages, and our health. And sometimes we have just lost our way. Which reminds me of one of my favorite Disney movies, The Lion King. It came out in 1994 when my firstborn was just two years old. So I have watched this movie many, many times. If you remember, Simba the lion cub is tricked by his evil uncle Scar into thinking that he caused his father's death. Filled with guilt and shame, Simba runs away and becomes separated from all that reminds him of his identity. He is away from home, away from his family, and away from his responsibilities in the world. In fact, he forsakes his true identity as a lion, much less the king of the lions. No offense to his new friends, Pumbaa and Timon. In Simba's absence, the kingdom is overrun by forces of evil, and it becomes a very dark and wounded place. The baboon, priest Rafiki, finds Simba in the jungle and calls him back to his identity. In John the Baptist's fashion, Rafiki leads Simba to a great lake. As Simba stares into this pool of water, it is not only his face that is reflected, it is also the face of his father. You see, the father and the son are inextricably linked. And as he recognizes his father within himself, the skies open and the father speaks to him from heaven. In that moment, Simba is transformed. He understands his true identity as the Lion King, and he sees the responsibility his identity carries. He is empowered for the mission that lies before him, and he is able to combat the evil forces of the world that have taken over. In the end, Simba is victorious and brings light and healing back to his kingdom. There are times when we all could use James Earl Jones' deep voice saying to us, remember, remember who you are. For Jesus, for Simba, and for us, it all started with a little water. For Jesus, it was full immersion, soaking wet, Simba simply looked into the water and saw his father's reflection as a part of his identity. For many of us, it probably started with a sprinkle that we don't even remember. 
but today. Today we get to claim our identity again as chosen, beloved children of God. I'll let you in on a little secret. My three favorite words in cooking, just add water. I want to be better, I want to do better, I want to cook better, but I don't really have to because my husband loves to go to the grocery store and he loves to cook. So when Brian is traveling and I hold the package that says, just add water, I know I don't have to do much to gain the benefits of the upcoming meal. It reminded me of those 46,000 meals we packed for Rise Against Hunger this year. These packages contain the vitamins, vegetables, and protein for a healthy meal. And guess what the instructions are for the recipients? Just add water. I think baptism is similar. We don't have to do much. We are carried by in our parents' arms, or perhaps we walk to the baptismal font. The pastor asks a few questions, says a couple of prayers, and then just adds water in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Voila, grace, unconditional love, and the highest regard is bestowed upon us. God always makes the first move. But what happens next is important. Let's pretend for a moment that you are a young lieutenant, part of the military, part of a presidential honor guard. Every day as the president walks towards his office, you snap to attention, click your heels, and salute the president. The president nods and continues into his office. Every day, this same procedure occurs. But one day, the president stops in front of you and says, please follow me into my office. You do, and the door is closed. The president orders you to be seated and then looks you in the eye and says, I want you to become one of my children. I want you to come to our family outings, our family picnics, our family birthday parties, our family Christmases. I want you to become a part of our family. What a moment. What a miracle. And at that moment, the relationship between the president and the young lieutenant is totally transformed. The relationship is no longer formal, stiff, distant, and legal, but is now close and loving. That is precisely what happens to us in baptism. It is God who takes the initiative and then the relationship is totally transformed. Baptism is that fantastic invitation from God to know us intimately and closely, so closely that we are called son or daughter, that we become family. And with a close, loving family, you want to please each other. You want to spend time together and know what breaks their heart and what gives them their deepest joy. Enveloped in this great love and acceptance and belonging, you want to emulate that for others so they too can share in what you are experiencing. 
I think Steve Garnis Holmes captured it well in his short poem called Baptism of Jesus. The beloved of God immersed in our river, our life. Jesus, the loving one, swimming in your veins, bathed in your tears. His entry into oneness with God is to enter our lives, to be one with us, baptized with us in the flow of the world, the mystery of life. You who are baptized into Christ, behold Christ baptized into you. Flow then with Christ. So today, as you leave, you are invited to touch your fingers in the baptismal font that you will see in the narthex, to make the sign of the cross on your forehead as you remember who you are and to whom you belong. Because today may be the day that the Spirit wants to do something new in you and in me. And I wonder, I wonder who do you know that longs to hear those words of acceptance, identity, grace, and love? Like the pebble dropped into the calm pond, we too can be like those rings of love rippling out touching more and more lives, bringing light and healing to our communities and our world. Friends, hear the good news. In baptism, you were buried with Christ. In baptism, you were also raised to life with him through faith in the power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation, the old has gone, a new life has begun. And who knows, maybe we too can be like Cameron, the 10-year-old child who, after his baptism, expects to be recognized by his new way of living. <laughs>